Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 235 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Patrice Hegel. Patrice lives in Howell, New Jersey, and she is a partner in a counseling center. She's a clinical social worker, and she does couples counseling and also adult individual counseling. Welcome, Patrice. Hi, Jen. So nice to talk with you. It is also very nice to talk to you. As you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Okay. A little background. I was, as a kid, never had any weight issues. Even in my 20s, my weight would go up or down maybe 10 pounds. And I thought it was a big deal, but it really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I'm 5'5", and for most of my 30s and 40s, I weighed between 130 and 140, you know, fluctuating around there. At about 50, my weight went up to, I guess, about 160. And I had periodically done through my 40s some Weight Watchers, some Nutrisystem, you know, the delivered prepackaged food. Yeah, that's yucky food, isn't it? Not good, not good. A lot of <laughs> I will never be sponsored by them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you don't want to be. And really, even Weight Watchers, you know, I know a lot of people have success on it. I felt I was always hungry and I felt like the stuff I really wanted to eat, I couldn't eat. And, you know, there were the free foods like pickles and tomatoes, which is great, but that wasn't cutting it. So I would go on it and then I would lose maybe a little bit and then I'd gain it back. And at about in my early 50s, I actually went to a doctor monitored diet program. My gynecologist had seen my weight going up and she had run a program, which was also with medication, prescribed medication. Was it Fentermine? I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it probably was. And it was also extreme food restriction. So if I wasn't losing fast enough, they'd say, okay, cut back on this cut. And I'm thinking, I'm hungry already. It was unfortunate. I did lose 20 pounds, but as soon as I stopped, it came back and it came back even more. Oh, yeah. That's how those things work, aren't they? They set your body up for regain. Do you think that when your body changed in your 50s, do you think that was menopause? It may have been because it was doing it a little bit before. I went fully into menopause probably around 53. And at that point, I did gain more. I'm 61 now. So over the next 10 years, my weight slowly crept up and up and up. And I would try to cut back and, you know, watch what I was eating. And I ate fairly healthy. But yeah, I guess after menopause, that probably even increased it a little bit more. So again, I guess through that time, I would try Weight Watchers, feel denied, frustrated, lose maybe five or 10 pounds, and then give up. And I really, I just assumed, I think like most of your listeners, that as I got older, okay, this is what's going to happen. My body's just going to hold more weight. I have to accept it and enjoy myself, basically. So Right. Because all that fighting against it is just no fun. Like if I thought I had to go the rest of my life and just eat like tomatoes and pickles and free foods, I couldn't do it. (laughs) No, no. And I like eggs were one of the free foods. And at one point I'm like, all right, I want to eat like five eggs. That's not good either. So, oh gosh, yeah. yeah. Eggs were a free food. That is so funny because I could eat so many eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately. So then in January 2020, I went to my niece's baby shower and there were pictures taken. I had hidden it fairly well, because most people who see me now didn't realize I had put on as much weight as I had. Um, But I saw a picture, I saw how heavy I had gotten. And at that point, I went to the doctor, I wasn't weighing myself, I really hadn't weighed myself for a long time, because I kind of was giving up. I went to the doctor, I weighed 197 at that point. And my levels were high, my cholesterol was high, my A1C I was inflamed, my knees, I couldn't see my ankles anymore, my feet had expanded, I had to go up a shoe size, 
And I'm sure I probably was over 200 because I just wasn't weighing. So there in January, I went back on Weight Watchers and I was grumpy and cranky and hungry and just sad because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is just going to be where I'm at. And then in February, a friend of mine uh, mentioned that her cousin was doing intermittent fasting and she was doing the 5-2 plan. And I was like, huh, you know, I'd heard about that in the past. So I started to do the deep dive, you know, the reading. And one of the first books that I found was Delay, Don't Deny, Thank You. (laughs) I'm so glad. Yes, it came up. I Googled Delay, Don't Deny. I read that first. And I thought, you know what? This is something I could do. I drink black coffee. I was always a black coffee drinker. I'm not a big breakfast eater. And then I started to read other things. I read The Obesity Code, The Appetite Correction, the Burt Herring book, Feast Without Fear, The Unbelievable Freedom by the Smiths. Then I was all in a couple of other books by uh, Jason Fung that he had written, uh, co-written with some other people. Fast Feast Repeat, of course. I listened, I got onto the podcast. I listened to your one with Melanie. I listened to the intermittent fasting stories. Of course, now I'm, I read Cleanish. I ha- I'm on the DDD online community. Yay. So I'm just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I had, you know, gone on with Facebook and just kind of read. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. This sounds like what I was looking for because I was really grumpy with the denying myself the foods that I wanted to eat. So I started and I started IF February 18th of 2020. And initially I did 18-6 because I just wasn't a big breakfast eater. So I did the 18-6 and I would have lunch and dinner and I adjusted fairly quickly. And then March 2020, of course, COVID. Right, right. So I started working from home, as did my partners and all the therapists that work for us. Our office closed, we thought, for two weeks, you know, the brick and mortar. And we still, I still haven't gone back. I'm still actually working from my home You're seeing patients virtually still? Yes, yep. And actually, it's funny because I've started and ended with some of my clients, and I've never met them in person. So, you know, (laughs) and everybody has adjusted. And unfortunately, in the beginning, everybody, I mean, I had so many returning clients, anxiety through the roof. All of us, we were really working, working, working. My own anxiety was going up. I was trying to reassure people. And the one thing that I could control was my eating. By doing the intermittent fasting when everything else felt out of control. And really, I, you know, held on hard. And it was so good to have that in my toolbox to help myself. And I'm a bit of a turtle. So I gradually worked my way to doing a 19.5 and ultimately my sweet spot. And I've been there ever since. I've never done alternate daily, but OMAD. So I do the one meal a day. I typically, my window is about four hours to two hours. So I'll do like a 20 or 22 hour window, sometimes 24 hour, uh, not window, fasting window. Sometimes I'll fast for 24 hours occasionally, but mostly between 20 and 22 hours because I really want the benefits. And for me now, the health benefits are really, I'm done with the weight loss. 
by when I had first reached out to you in May of 2021, I had lost 40 pounds at that point. And since then, uh, as of January 2022, my goal weight, I used the happy scale and the fasting app was 140. And I got down to 135. I love it. Yeah, yeah, without even trying, really. See, that's what's very exciting because you had maintained that weight most of your adult life. You mentioned before you stayed between 130 to 140. Just, you know, you had to tighten up here and there, but you just naturally, that's where your body wanted to be until your 50s. And then things started to change. Also, I, I bet that that doctor diet, the one with the pills, I bet that made a terrible, yeah, I bet that really affected your metabolism because, you know, my highest weight came after I did all that. Like I was just struggling with, you know, normal weight gain. Then I did all these extreme programs and then suddenly I was struggling with obesity. It wasn't until after I did all those programs that my weight really got out of control. You know, they actually even say the best predictor of being overweight is having dieted in the past. So. And it makes sense, like with the science of this, when, when I was reading, you had looked into that Biggest Loser study and how people's metabolism, and my fear was that my metabolism had slowed down and it wasn't ever going to come back because, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, once you're in your late 50s or your 60s, it's pretty much that's it. And I'm now I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. And And the thing about those Biggest Losers The saddest part is the ones who were best at keeping the weight off were the ones who were were still continuing to restrict the most. Like the ones, and they're the ones whose metabolism was the most tanked. Like the one, the harder they tried, the more tanked their metabolism was. And so the ones who had like given up and regained a lot of weight, their metabolism was, you know, a little more recovered. So it just, it's really interesting. We, there is hope for, you know, what may feel like a broken metabolism because I'm pretty sure I had broken mine <laughs> with all of that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, to me now, it's the science. So it's the fact that all the health benefits I know when I'm in ketosis. And it's funny because for me now, right around the 20 hour mark, I'll get a little surge in appetite. And I will have to urinate, which frequently for that one hour. And I don't know, I I actually was looking on the website to see if that happened to anybody else. It increases for about an hour. I have to, you know, kind of urinate a bit. And then I get the sweet taste in my mouth and I can go for hours then. See, now that's so interesting. I've never heard anybody say that, but I wonder if people just aren't noticing it. Now I'm going to try to pay attention <laughs> to see if that's true for me. Well, you know, it seems like it makes sense that your body might be releasing fluid at some point along the way. Like, all right, we're at the bottom of our glycogen stores. Let's really, because, you know, glycogen and and fluid retention go together, which is why people who go on a low-carb diet lose that initial water weight. But then when they start eating carbs again, they regain it. It's just the water. So that makes a lot of sense. It is so it's interesting. very interesting and out it all goes. And then I, I mean, I work in the fasted state. I'm sharper in the fasted state. So, which has been wonderful. Again, being home during the pandemic and, you know, easily being distracted by everything going on in the world, staying sharp and staying present and focused in sessions 
really important. So that was a wonderful benefit. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I love that. So you said that around the 20-hour mark, not only do you have to go to the bathroom a little extra, but you also have like a little tiny bit of hunger that, that comes and then it's gone. Yes. Yep. I get a little surge like my body saying, hmm, and then I switch over to whatever, I guess, ketosis, I guess, because then I get that sweet taste in my mouth and really I could just keep going. So and I, I think that's important to mention. It happens for you around hour 20. Some people get stuck and they feel like, like, I can't go past, you know, whatever that hour is for you. It would be hour 20 when your body transitions. For someone else, maybe it's hour 16, maybe it's hour 18. But I hear it from people. They'll say, I just can't go past hour, you know, fill in the blank because I get hungry. But if they just would push through that, give it 10 minutes, give it you know, 15 minutes max, set a timer, get busy and do something, and then see what happens. Absolutely. And there are times when I will feel a little hungry. I'm very flexible. And, you know, again, from the reading and from what you've suggested, I switch it up. So there are times when I'll open my window earlier and eat a little more Then there are times when I'll open it later and eat a little less. And I think that's been really good for my metabolism because I think I so. Guessing. Yeah. 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 I, I really think so. It's when someone is too rigid day in, day out, you know, intermittent fasting is very protective of our metabolisms in many ways because we're well-fueled during the fast. But that doesn't mean that we will not adapt. You know, if we stick to a, let's say someone does 23-1 
every single day and every single day they eat a similar amount of food, your body might say, all right, here's where we're going to just stay. You know, your body just equals out there. And so that's why having the the days that are more of a metabolic boost have a benefit. I really believe in that. I think that's why it's been so easy for me to maintain this weight now, because really, I don't even think about it. And I kind of go between, so I fluctuate to 135, maybe to 139. So, and I weigh myself maybe once a week. So I'll kind of get that sense of, but body recomposition has happened. It's, it's really been, it's really been wonderful. The one thing that I did that I didn't realize in the beginning, because I went right to the clean fast. I, you know, that to me made perfect sense. No cream in the coffee, no lemon in the water, all of that. What I did do though, and it didn't work for me, was the Himalayan sea salt. So right around that time when I would start to get a little hungry, I'd put some sea salt under my tongue and I became ravenous. Me too. Look, me too, Patrice. I get hungrier from salt. Yes, it's. I love hearing you say that because everybody's like, well, just have a little salt. You'll feel better. I'm like, not necessarily. Salt does not break the fast officially because it's a mineral but my body is like, all right, it's time to eat now. <laughs> Are you more of a salty person? Like, do you pr- gravitate towards salty foods in general? Well, I don't know. I mean, I like salt. I like sweets. I think I'm a little bit of everything. Maybe I'm a salty the- girl. Yeah, and I, I that would make sense. And what I was doing, unfortunately, was as I was getting hungry, I put another piece of salt under my tongue, thinking like, Okay. And I slowed myself down at that point. So that was in the beginning. And once I made that connection, like, huh, then it became so much easier. And I'm like, okay, that was like cream in my coffee or lemon in my water. And here's also what's really funny. I have never once told anybody to use salt, like never one time. In fact, (laughs) but people ask, does it break the fast? The answer is no. So I've answered that. You know, can I have salt? Yes, you can. Should I have salt is another question. <laughs> well, it's like it, you're in, in fast feast repeat, you know, one of the, the after the 28 day thing, your suggestion is, you know, some people want to know, can I have lemon? Can I have salt or whatever that you see, you know, you test and see, can you tolerate it or does it make you really hungry? If it does, then no, that's not one that works for your body. So I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, at this point, I I think I may have had something like that in delayed on deny, but I'm now at the point where lemon, no, never. Some of those things, never. The only thing that would, to test would be like the salt. There's a real, also a real concern that someone could be having too much salt because, you know, we're kind of at the point where we know that salt is not the enemy that we were led to believe that it was, but that doesn't mean it's like, also, you should overdo it. You know, there's a sweet spot there. You can overdo it with water, and that's bad for your body. So, you know, some people really should not be consuming large amounts of salt. Mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm probably one of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely me. <laughs> but it does. It makes me starving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you know, it took me a long time to make that connection because instead I was just like, okay, I'm hungry. Let me take another piece of salt. So I don't know why, but that took a couple of months before I was like, huh, let me try not having the salt. 
And wow, what a difference. So, Well, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Roxy has also said that it makes her hungrier too. So we're not alone. And I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, especially in the Facebook groups, of course, I'm not in those anymore, but also like in the keto community, the whole idea, that's where the salt idea came from. Because when you're eating, you know, a keto diet, you're more likely to need electrolytes versus, you know, like those of us who eat everything in our eating windows. I've never one time needed to supplement with electrolytes. Oh, that's good. I haven't either. I haven't either. My, my body pretty much is level. Yeah. I take magnesium every day and I have for years. I take magnesium during my eating window or close to bedtime, usually right after dinner right now. That's what I do when I think about it. At any point after dinner, when I think about it, I take it. But I also drink mineral water, which, you know, that's got minerals in it, but I've never supplemented with electrolytes. It's just funny how that all of a sudden came up starting in maybe 2018. Suddenly everyone was all electrolytes all the time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, and I also, I mean, you know, you had talked about the Bioptimizers magnesium and I got it and I take two in the evening. I sleep better. It made my system regular because I was never... I, always constipated. <laughs> and this really, no more. And not in a over, it's just very balanced. It's just now. normal. Yeah. You know, I'm very, very, very choosy about supplements, especially after writing Cleanish, because you may remember I had a couple of other supplements that sponsored the podcast. There was a vitamin and there was a, um, you know, the CBD. And after I, I did the research for Cleanish, I was like, you know, I just really don't want to have any supplements sponsor the podcast except for Bioptimizers Magnesium. That's the only one I kept just because, and I'm not saying that vitamins were not good. They were fabulous. That CBD brand, very good brand. I still think they're they're great. I just don't want to, you know, endorse them officially as a sponsor. But Bioptimizers is a really great magnesium. And I do want to circle back around to electrolytes. I am not saying people should not use electrolytes either. I'm just saying I've never needed to. And I know a lot of people find they do need them. You know, some people excrete things at different rates and they, their body has different needs. So someone may need potassium, although it's dangerous to supplement with it um, just on your own. It can affect your heart if you do too much. So everybody just personalize that. We're all very individual. You may need electrolytes, but you may not. Just because someone else said they do, that doesn't mean you need to. That's my point. Yeah. I think it's good to get kind of fairly regular blood work too, just to make sure that, you know, levels are good and things like potassium don't go down. And my levels have gotten so much better in everything. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Potassium is one you really need to be careful with just because it, if you just randomly start taking it, it can really mess up your body's function in a bad way. So you can overdo it. Right, right. My doctor has actually, she's asked me, you know, what are you doing? And I've told her and like initially she looked at me a little skeptically. So this was like, you know, and then when I came back and I was really at the weight that I should be, and she looked at me, she said, don't stop what you're doing. And I was like, oh, that's right. And she saw my levels, my A1C, normal range, actually very good range for normal. My cholesterol is in a good range. I do take a cholesterol low medication because she feels that that's for me genetic, you know, because of 
my family history because I've said, you know, should I go off of it? And she said, let's just leave it for now. And then we can, we can try that. But she, she suspects it's genetic, but I've had so many non-scale victories. And again, to me, it's the health benefits now. And I really do. So many people have come up to me, friends, relatives, what are you doing? People call me. Can you tell me what you're doing? I explain it. My first go-to is read, delay, don't deny, and fast, feast, repeat. Because that I feel once you read that, you have that aha moment of, oh, okay, I get this. This is a health plan with the benefit of weight loss. And it's really good for your body. But a lot of people initially, they just want the weight loss. And I find that they don't often do the 28 day, you know, it's like, well, I'm not losing weight, what's going on. And I'll go back to this is what I'm recommending. This is kind of, you know, read the books, it'll explain why this is happening. Other stuff, you know, your body is cleaning out the glycogen stores and, you know, doing all good stuff inside. But that's a little frustrating for me sometimes, because people will come back with, hey, you know, how come and it's like, you got to give it a chance, you know, read. Yep. yep it, that's the hardest part because people, we're in the society that expects dramatic, quick results because, you know, you go to the checkout counter, every magazine there that's promoting a weight loss plan, we're recording this, we just had Memorial Day. So right now you'll probably see one that says, you know, it's Memorial Day, lose five dress sizes by July 4th. I mean, you're not going to do that. <laughs> That's not realistic. And, you know, when I was, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, when I was first writing Fast Feast Repeat and talking to my agent, she was like, all right, well, when we're talking about this and promoting the book, you know, what should we say that people will expect in the 28 days? How many pounds should they expect to lose? I'm like, zero, and they might even gain. She's like, oh, well, we won't say that. I'm like, but it's true. Yes, yes. And I think when people understand that, then they don't panic and they let the process happen. But I think if you're specifically just saying, I want rapid weight loss, then unfortunately, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for maybe eating too little and that's not good. Like there's a real reason I think the science works for this. Well, I could tell you 20 ways to lose weight more rapidly than intermittent fasting. And none of them would be what I would actually recommend that you do. <laughs> they're not sustainable. They're not good for your body. But I mean, there's all sorts of cleanses or whatever or things you could do and your body will just bam, but it's not sustainable and it won't be good for us. Right. And I remind people, like it took me just recently, there's a, a woman who's been reaching out to me and she saw me recently and she was kind of frustrated because it's been slow going. And I said, it took me two and a half years to lose 62 pounds. This was not an overnight thing. And I didn't want it to be because I wanted it to be sustainable. And I was okay with, okay, I'm getting the health benefits. And, you know, let's just see. And my body just continued to change and the recomposition my sizes, you know, going down, my health getting better, and the weight loss. But it was slow going, and I was okay with that. I want to reiterate that for the listeners. 62 pounds in two and a half years. 
so it, it wasn't fast. So, see, I'm glad that we have to wait before we can record. You first reach out. Did you say in January of 21? May of 21. And I was May 40 of 21. Now. Right. Okay. So it's it's been a year then since you first reached out and we're recording. And this comes out in September. But in a year, you lost another 22 pounds slowly, but your body just, it changed. Right. Right. So how many sizes have you gone down? At the time, I was uh, 16, 18, and I was really like a, you know, 18 was comfortable. I was, you know, forcing the That 16. was me. We were both 5'5". Five five. We both had very similar. That's exactly my size, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I am not going up to a 20. I was like, I so. know. I was like, I don't care how stretchy these 18s have to be or how packed in I have to be. I'm not going up. That was me. Yeah. And I mean, I understand. I really do. I understand that struggle. And like I say, I was probably over 200 pounds. I just didn't want to look. You didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So now I wear an eight to 10 in pants and I wear a medium in tops. And, you know, they're nicely fitting, maybe a little bit loose, not bad. And I am very comfortable. And it's been a wonderful thing giving my clothes away as I shrink out of them. Because, and just, just the other day, I was trying on some pants that I had worn this past September, and they're too loose. And I'm like, oh, nice. Okay, there they go. Your body is still changing. Yes. Yep. And see, I, I love that. Because did you say you were 61? I'm, I'm going to be 62 in June. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, okay. So very soon. Yeah. So you're, you're 61 and almost 62 by the time this comes out, you will be. And you have lost the weight at an age when society tells us it's impossible. Yes. Yes. Which is why I'm so happy when women like 60 and older talk to me because it's like, yeah, and this can happen. But the patience part is really important. The patience part, like take your time, learn about it so that you can hold on to those feelings when, oh, it's, you know, I might have put on a couple pounds. And I did. I mean, when you talk about that gauge that you used with the weight, you know, that overall with the week, you would gauge that overall your weight was going, there was a trend going down. But if you would weigh a couple of times a week, it could be up, it could be down. That would scare people. I like that overall trend thing. It really makes a difference. And I feel like a broken record in the community because that's the one thing people just really don't do. Maybe it's because they didn't have good math teachers in school and they were scared of math. I'm not making light of that because I've taught elementary school for so long. People really are scared of math if they were not taught it in a way that helped them understand it. Don't blame yourself. Blame your teachers. Sorry, sorry, teachers. I'm a, I'm a teacher. But I had teachers who didn't really teach me math in a way that made it understandable until I had a few that really once that once you have those teachers that really can teach math, you get it and you're not afraid of math. So people who are listening, I'm not kidding when I say weigh daily and then calculate your weekly average. All you have to do is add them up and divide by seven. There's probably an app that will average for you also. I don't know. <laughs> but and I don't mean just like happy scale, but being able to know what your trend is doing is so important. You know, in the community every day, every day, multiple times a day, someone will say something like, I haven't lost any weight for three weeks, for example. 
and I'll say, all right, what were your last three weekly averages? And they're like, well, this morning I was up two pounds. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) What were your weekly averages? And they're like, oh, I'm not doing that. And so for everybody who's listening, I promise you it matters. If you can't remember why, go back to Fast Feast Repeat, read the Scale Schmail chapter. There were so many weeks where my weight looked like it was all over the place, up and down and up and down like crazy. But that average was still down. I had to literally do the math. Yep. And for me, I mean, the happy scale was easy. It was free. It was easy to do. And I liked to see the trend, even though there were times where it would go up a little and then the trend would go back down. And that was really encouraging. A visual, whether it be writing, you know, the averages each week, that's helpful. It really is. The, you know, being able to see those numbers going down overall, I think, is really encouraging. Absolutely. And happy skill is a great, a great tool for anybody who doesn't want to actually do the math. You don't have to. You can use happy skill because it does, does it for you. And if you're on Android, I think there, it's called Libra, perhaps there's one that does the same thing, but it actually shows you your trend. And that's so important because your weights are going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. But if you don't know what your trend is doing, you're just going to like freak yourself out. Right. And it was funny too with that because you set what your goal weight is. And I had set my goal weight at 140 thinking, I can't even imagine I'm going to get to 140, but I'm hopeful. (laughs) And then, you know, it just was like, oh, okay, 135. Here I am. How nice. Yeah. That was me. My goal weight was 135. That's what I set it at when I was 210. 135 was 75 pounds away. It seemed like it had always been the goal that I, like when I was doing all the crazy diets, it's how far I could get before my weight would rebound. <laughs> and like, if I could just get there and stay there and, you know, I'd never been able to do that. But, and then to go beyond that was astonishing. And then to maintain, it's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but. No, it's science and it really is easy to maintain. And I now, if I open up my window, I usually my windows open around from two to four. So sometimes it'll be a little later, but typically around there and I'll open it up. I will take my supplements. I might have some milk. I might have some whole grain crackers as a little snack. And then later on, I will eat my meal and I eat, I really do eat what I want. I eat fairly healthy. But I'm an ice cream lover and I want the real deal. Like, you know, it is funny, window worthy. I do not want low fat. I do not want anything, you know, if I'm drinking milk, it's whole milk, you know, it's grass fed whole milk. You know, I'm, I'm the yogurt. I can't get a full fat. I get 5%, but I want the, the Greek yogurt that I'll have. But I eat my ice cream. I want the good ice cream. You know, my son and I will go. Well, we have here, we have a place that makes it themselves. It's called Hoffman's and they use cream and it is the best ice cream. And I'll be just like, okay, let's go to Hoffman's. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Ice cream is something I love too. And it doesn't give me restless legs like other things do. And I, cause it's balanced out with enough fat. I think it helps me. Yes. Yeah. I, thankfully I don't have the restless legs issue, but I mean, my sugar intake, everybody who knows me jokes like my desserts, you know, I'll look at the dessert part of the menu to decide what I was going to order for food. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like, yeah, I'll have my dessert 
but I know I can have my dessert. So there's no guilt. There's no falling off the wagon. Holidays, my window opens early. If we have a family get together, my window opens early. I never feel, oh, I shouldn't have. No, no. I'll have a glass of wine. That's fine. Really, the balance has happened and not having to think about what I'm going to eat, you know, when I'm going to eat, how much I'm going to eat. I was one of those people that always had the snack bars at the bottom of my purse, just in case I was going to get home. And it is so freeing. Really, that is, I never think about that anymore. And I thought about that all the time. Like I felt at one point like, wow, this is all I'm thinking about. I'm hungry. When can I snack? What should I have? Do I feel bad about what I have? I really want a cookie, but I can't have a cookie. Like all of that. It really messes with your head when you do this for a length of time, that weight struggle. You're exactly right with that. It does mess with your head. And having to overcome that and and learn to think differently about food and about yourself and about your body, I mean, that's really what the struggle is. Yes. Yes. And it is so freeing to not have to do that. And like that to me, I wish that for everyone. So when I do hear like some, like you're saying, Memorial Day, the magazines, those fad diets or the quick things, I feel so sad for people because I'm like, wow, this is here. This is free. This is not hard. Once you understand it and you understand your body and you give yourself time, it's right here. It's right at your doorstep. So I think it's a readiness factor. It's funny because with counseling, you know, we always say it's a readiness factor. You could tell someone, wow, you, maybe you should go to therapy, but if they're not ready, it won't fly. And I think the same with this. There's a readiness factor that when you get to the point that it's just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this and I'm going to just suspend and have patience. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's such a very good point. And I, w- I want to just reiterate that for people who are listening who have tried to recommend intermittent fasting maybe to your spouse 
or your brother or your sister or your parents or your best friend, and they aren't ready to hear it. You know, you can't make someone be ready to hear it. You can't want it for them. No. And even the people that reach out, I am such a cheerleader, you know, and I'll be like, how you doing? And I'll keep going back to the recommendations and making some suggestions. And sometimes there's a couple who have gotten there and gotten it. And then there's others that I'm like, okay, well, maybe they'll come back when they're uh, ready. Yep. But we just can't take it personally. And we just keep planting those seeds. You know, don't let it discourage you. Instead, think about it as, well, I've told them they've got the information one day. Perhaps they'll be ready. Because, you know, it took me years to be ready to embrace intermittent fasting as a lifestyle. At 2009, when I first heard about, I guess, the first, whatever the first one was, whether it was a alternate daily approach or eat, stop, eat, or whatever was going around in 2009, you know, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you even, you tried it. You tried it and then you ultimately went back. I think you said in 2015, was that when? 2014. But yeah, that's when it stuck. I started in 2014 and never stopped since then. So that's that's what it took. But from 2009 to 2014, I kept dabbling. I was an intermittent fasting dabbler and it didn't ever work for me because (laughs) it makes sense now that now that I understand the science of it, I understand why. In fact, you know, I always run into dabblers. Just yesterday, I was at the beach house, sitting on the porch, drinking my coffee. I just walked on the beach, listening to the waves, and the house next door just sold. And a couple from New York bought it. And they were really nice. I I loved meeting them. They were down for the first time enjoying it. And I mentioned that I did intermittent fasting, and she's a retired or retiring school principal. She's like, oh, I've tried that. (laughs) But then she talked about cream in her coffee and lemon in her water. Right. And I'm like, well, now we know. The, the bone broth people yeah. say, oh, yeah. I do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, now we know. So now you know what to do. So I'm like, you may want to look for my book. I mean, that's always weird to tell people in person. You know, <laughs> my I, New York Times bestseller. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my book, so I can freely recommend it. Well, so. it, it does feel weird because I'm like, you should get my book and read it. That feels a little strange. But I'm like, really? I, th- I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and I mean that's the hope, you know. That I have had people, relatives or friends, like, so how's that little diet that you're doing? And I'm like, no, nope, it's a lifestyle. And they're like, so when are you going to go back to eating normally? And I'm like, this is normal for me now. This it is, is normal. Thing. The other way is not normal. No, no. And it's funny because my son, he's six two, lanky, maybe one sixty five. And he is so respectful of this. And he's actually like, Ma, you know, I think I kind of do this myself because I really don't eat, you know, until like later in the day. And I'm like, that's wonderful because you don't need to lose weight. But for the health benefits to me, I'm like, that's great. And he respects it. He'll say, is your window open yet? Which I love. And it was a big day for me when I weighed less than him. <laughs> I love that. How old is he? He's 22. He's 22. Oh yeah. Love it. My, my 22 year old is, he, he's very, very similar, very lanky. He's not six two, but he, he's a little shorter, a lot shorter, but he very much just eats when he feels like it. He can go a long, I think he's metabolically flexible because he can go a long time without eating. It's, it's not an emergency. 
that's exactly how my son is. And so he will eat or he will not eat. And I, you know, really respect that. It's if you're hungry, eat. And if you're not, then don't. And, you know, it's not about dinner time. It's about are you hungry or not? And that's pretty, he listens to his body. I never had that ever did I, I mean, until now, the feeling of satiety. And I, I always felt hungry. So I didn't really know what my hunger cues were. And now it's like, you know, so in the beginning, of course, you eat for that anticipated hunger of tomorrow kind of thing. And I did that in the beginning, the very beginning. And then I realized there is no hunger of tomorrow. When I'm hungry, I'll eat. And recognizing like what's real hunger and what's not. And I can do that now. I could not do that for years. And to really feel satisfied, I didn't have that either. And now I'm like, huh, you know, I've had enough. I don't have to clean my plate. I'm good. I love it. That is such a good feeling. I still struggle with cleaning my plate. (laughs) I just, I'm going to be honest. I mean, that generation of, I mean, my parents, of course, parents that grew up in the depression, you cleaned your plate. I mean, that was... Yeah, we so were I actively to- taught to ignore our satiety signals. Yes. Yeah. Very much but so. But I, I struggle with it just because food is so – I'm enjoying the sensation of the food so much. It's the pleasure of the eating. So what I've done to help myself with that is I just serve myself less than I think I might need. And I can always go back for more. But I just – I don't give myself, you know, a giant amount. And then, you know, because I'm more likely to eat it if it's on my plate. Right. Yeah, me too. And people have asked me like about nutrients. Are you getting enough by eating just once a day? And I liken it to, you know, that study that they did with babies that if you presented them with all different foods, ultimately they're eating a balanced diet. And I eat window worthy foods. And some days I'll have a little bit more carbs. Some days I'll have a little bit more dairy. Some days I'll have a little bit more protein. Sometimes it's all balanced. And overall, as my blood work shows, I'm not lacking in anything. My energy is better than it has been in a long time. And I'm doing good. My, my levels are all good. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting all the proper nutrients. It's just so interesting that that is something people always come up with. Like, oh, but you can't possibly get enough nutrients. When I look back to how I was eating when I weighed 210 pounds, And I may have been eating a lot more food volume-wise if you put it together from the time I got up and had my milky latte and then I drove through Chick-fil-A and had chicken minis and, you know, whatever the little potato things were, hash browns, and then whatever my microwavable lunch was. I mean, if you put all of that together, it was way fewer nutrients than I get now in a short eating window. And no one was like, you're not getting any nutrients in that chicken sandwich. I mean, I I wasn't. It was just bread and chicken and breading and mayonnaise. I mean, of course, there were some nutrients in there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of prepackaged foods that have who knows how many other ingredients that we don't need and less nutritional value. And I understand occasionally that that happens. And I'll do that even occasionally now if I'm running and I need. But overall, I want food that's window worthy and good and nutritious. And that's where I gravitate. So I ate a lot of that prepackaged stuff 
before intermittent fasting, just because, you know, it was there and yeah, crackers. Now I'm like, I'm picky about what crackers I'm going to eat, you know, and all of that. Now I, I look at the labels and I think, yeah, you know what? There's a whole lot of words I can't pronounce. Maybe I'll pass on that. We still have that struggle at our house, me and Chad, just because he's looking at the price and I'm looking at the ingredients. And so we are like, okay, those are going to be your crackers. and These are going to be my crackers. We just have to compromise because he's like, but these crackers cost whatever. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a constant struggle. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've had a lot of non-scale victories, but you didn't list them. Could you tell us some of them? Oh, sure. The inflammation in my ankles, my feet and my knees is gone. And it's funny now because I have shoes that are bigger that don't really fit me anymore. So it's like, okay, now I have to go back to the size that I used to be. My A1C is, you know, in a very good range. Uh, My cholesterol is better than normal. And that's the thing where the doctor is like, maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll, We'll wait and see. No plaque on my teeth. And that was funny when I went to the dentist and they're like, wow, you take really good care of your teeth. There's no plaque. And I know why. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're not bathing your teeth in food all day. Oh, exactly. My skin's clear, no stretch marks. A lot of my skin tags, I'm Italian and I have, you know, we tend to be a little more prone, at least, you know, with my, my mom's side of the family. A lot of my skin tags are gone. My body recomposition, no more diet brain. That's a big one. And I have great stamina. So like I walk the neighborhood. I did it all through the pandemic and I still do it now. I use the vibration plate, which I like, and I hand weights. And my body has, it continues to change. Like my thighs are, I always had trouble, you know, my thighs and my, my were always a little bit larger. That was kind of the last thing to change. And now I found that the weight loss came off in different ways than it did in the past. In the past, it would be face got gaunt. Then, you know, my chest would be a little lower, but my hips would still be bigger in my thighs. That didn't happen with this. It just sort of went kind of up and down. That's astonishing, isn't it? We hear that all the time. People will say, this is not how I've ever lost weight before. (laughs) That just tells you it's different. Your body is tapping into fat differently than it did when you were doing those low-calorie diets because your insulin is low, you're able to access it. You know, when you understand the science, then you see it happening. You're like, okay, all that theory and the science is actually playing out. Yes, yeah. And I think that's, again, part of it being sustainable, that this is just the way my body now has let go and wants to stay, which is lovely. Well, my favorite part is when you said there's no more diet brain. No more diet brain, which is, that's the part that I think is so freeing. And it truly, you know, like on a holiday or a barbecue with family, I'm like, yep, I'm opening up my window earlier today. Tomorrow, I'll go back to whatever. And it all balances out. And I don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't have had that piece of pizza or extra cookies or whatever. It's a holiday. You know, it's a get get together. It's okay. The only time I feel like I shouldn't have had something is if I physically don't feel well. And then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have had that because I don't feel good. But it's not out of guilt or diet brain. Yes. Yeah. And that is so freeing to me. That's one of the best things of this. I don't think about it anymore. And I felt like it was, especially when, you know, my weight was going up and up and up. I was always kind of thinking like, oh, 
should I eat this? Should I not? I don't think that anymore. That's just amazing. That's the legacy I want to leave in the world. Not, you know, boy, Jen helped a lot of people lose a lot of pounds. That is not what I want. I want it to say, Jen helped a lot of people have peace with eating finally. Yes. And get healthy. Which well, is, that too. Yeah. Yes. That too. I mean, the healthy really, part. The healthy part is not to be undervalued. It is, I think it's huge. And that's the main part for a lot of us who, you know, I see on, on the website and whatnot. Yeah. What did you say? Like you come for the weight loss and stick around for the health benefits. Exactly. Exactly. So for anybody who's trying intermittent fasting and and thinking, you know, maybe the weight loss isn't happening like you expected. So you think, oh, intermittent fasting isn't working. Well, it is working. It's working doing something. Maybe it's not all you need to do for weight loss. There may be some tweaks, you know, some things you need to do because our body hangs on to weight for all sorts of reasons. You know, whether it's your medication or your stress level or just genetically your your body's programmed to be a little on the heavier side. I mean, that is a possibility. I think it's so interesting that you gravitated right back to the weight where your body naturally wanted to be before it got all out of whack. And I don't think that's a coincidence. That actually hadn't dawned on me until you said it. But yeah, I'm right back to where I was before I got pregnant with my son and my body was healthiest. There is something to that, you know, like I couldn't grow taller even if I wanted to. My body is genetically this height, right? (laughs) You know, there's just some things that you can't fight your body on. And there is going to be a weight range that your body really wants to be. And unfortunately, it might not be your society idea of what it, you know, perfect body, but it's, it's what it is. So I am very happy with my body right now, really. And I did not think I would be saying that nearing 62. And yeah, (laughs) that's a good thing. It really, really is. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? 100% the clean fast. It makes it so much easier. And if you can go right into doing the clean fast, it doesn't have to be a shorter eating window or anything. Nail that first and then you can deal with your fasting times and change that up. But that is so important. And listening to your body, like I was doing the Himalayan salt for a couple of months, not even making the connection that that was what was making me so hungry. Your body kind of knows. And I think it's learning to listen to those cues when you're full, when you're hungry, the real ones. Oh, yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to tweak it till it's easy. You know, the key is tweak it till it's easy. If you're struggling, if someone's listening and it's really, really hard and you're having a really hard time and it feels hard. Now, I'm not talking about if you're in your first 28 days, that's hard. (laughs) But if you've been doing it a while and it's still so hard, something is not right for you. It might be the foods you're choosing. You know, you might need to gravitate towards real foods. It may be, maybe your body doesn't do well with so many carbs. Maybe your body needs more carbs. I mean, there's something. Your body has a sweet spot. So when I say tweak it till it's easy, I'm not kidding. There is a sweet spot where it's going to feel right for you. You just have to find it. And it might be with no salt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the other part that I would recommend is to educate yourself because the science, science sells me. I follow science. And the science made so much sense. And that was the thing, you know, if you're struggling a little to hold on to. 
there's so many good things that are going to happen to your body besides the weight loss. So that educating helps you through, you know, those struggle times because you know that good things are still happening. That's so very true. Well, Patrice, thank you so much for being here today. And I have loved talking to you and I'll see you in the community. Thank you. And I have greatly enjoyed this. Thanks a lot, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law and Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.